Good afternoon, my brothers and sisters in the Lord, and all my followers. I send greetings from Scotland in the UK to you. This is part two of the lesson that we started last week about the speaking in tongues and miracles, which we said these were some of the uh, miraculous gifts that were given to the early Christians by the Holy Spirit. We're going to continue. And uh, let me remind you that yesterday being the Sunday, the 6th of October, we had this discussion in Chi language, which is a Ghanaian language. And I had it with my brother Maxwell, who is in uh, France, uh, Paris. Uh, he was the host and invited me just to educate uh, Benyab followers and all those who follow us on the Facebook. But because some people have already requested to hear this uh, teaching or lesson in English, that is why I've taken the challenge to speak to you now uh, in English, so that you also be benefited from all these uh, biblical mysteries. Uh, let me call it that way because many people are not familiar with these things, uh, so that you can also uh, get a benefit from it and know the truth. Again, my name is Paul Offen, and I'm a Bible teacher and I'm a staff nurse by profession. I started teaching the Holy Spirit about a month ago, more than probably six weeks ago. And I started by saying that Holy Spirit is God. And when we talk of God, we mean the three personalities in the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit is not a mere force, as people, you know, think that... Uh, receive the Holy Spirit, this uh, force on you starts to shake you. That is not what the Holy Spirit... What people are doing today uh, is foreign to the Bible. The, the Bible doesn't recognize this. And they're trying to mimic the early Christians and the apostles, but that is not. So today, what we are going to do is we are going to dive into uh, the speaking in tongues proper and also know how the early Christian, uh, the early Christians, you know, spoke in tongues, how they did it, and some of the miracles. And then we talk of uh, um, about how uh, how long was this to stay? Because the Bible tells us that this was temporal, and we will know when this came to an end or cease. Before I go on, I want you, or I want you all, uh, to have these facts. I have about five facts that I want us to establish this afternoon, and that will open a way for our discussion this afternoon. If you have any question that you have to ask me, there is a comment area that you can put your question there. I also leave my mobile number, which takes WhatsApp or direct number, If you, but I think WhatsApp is cheaper. And uh, 
also um, probably I will leave my email too if you want a direct contact with me and have a chat with me about uh, what we are discussing but I prefer that you ask me questions about what we are discussing now these are five facts I want us to establish before we dive deeper into our lesson the first thing is they're speaking in tongues was a spoken language and not a gibberish. I mean, if you look at our brothers and sisters in the Pentecostal and the charismatic world, I mean, they, they've got it wrong what they're speaking in tongues is. Because what they are speaking is purely gibberish. It's something that has no meaning, that has no understanding. But Paul says, there are so many languages in the world and it each one has a meaning, so many languages, but they all have meaning. But what we uh, are hearing now from our TV screens, uh, from WhatsApp and from all these social media uh, uh, platforms and also from our church buildings, what you hear people saying they are speaking in tongues is not the way the apostles spoke. What we are saying is, Speaking in tongues was a spoken language, a language that is somebody's mother tongue. I'm speaking to you in English now. English is not my mother tongue. I've learned it. I'm trying to say it. Though um, I may not sound right for many English-speaking people, but because I've learned, I try my best. My own dialect is a Kan or Chi language. Do you understand? So what I'm saying is, speaking in tones is not just noise or making some empty uh, statements which do not have meanings, but it's language that the early apostles and the early Christians spoke. And we read uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 7 to 11. I'm not going to read all these quotations, but I quote it for you. And also, if you go back to uh, 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 part one of this same topic, you will see all these quotations read to you over there. Now, point number two is only the apostles spoke in tongues and performed miracle in Acts chapter two. If you read Acts chapter two, some people are of opinion that all those people who met. And the Pentecost day, they all received uh, the Holy Spirit gift and started to speak in tongues and miracles. That is not true. If you read Acts chapter 2, you will see that Peter confirmed it, that they who spoke the, the languages or speaking in tongues, people were thinking that probably they are on the influence of alcohol. And Peter says, Peter, uh, Acts chapter 2 verse 14 Peter and the rest of the apostles, okay, 12 of them, stood up and said, Men and brethren of Judea, know that we are not drunk as you are, you know, thinking. But this is what the prophet Joshua, uh, prophet Joel, have prophesied some time back. That is what you see today. So, as chapter 2, verse 43, also confirmed that it's only the apostles that perform miracle for uh, uh, the people there to be amazed. So it's never true that everybody in Acts chapter 2 uh, received these gifts and spoke in tongues. 
and did miracle. That is not true. And point number three is the only Gentile people that receive this supernatural gift, okay, are colonials and his household. It's only colonials and his household who represents the Gentile uh, uh, world. They also receive it. And uh, to confirm Joel's uh, prophecy that in the latter days, God is going to pour his spirit on all flesh. The other time I explained that all flesh is not literally this flesh he's talking about. But the all flesh uh, uh, stands for the Jews and the Gentiles. Okay? So it's a prophetic language, all flesh, uh, meaning the Jews and the Gentiles uh, uh, <coughs> are the only people that you know receive this uh, on the Pentecost day. So it's important you have to understand this. Colonials and his, his household, if you read Acts chapter 10, you get this fast from there. And point number four is, uh, it was only through the hands of the apostle that one could receive this gift and start to speak in tongues and do miracles. Without the laying hands of the apostles, no one will be able to do that. Okay? And that one too, we establish this from Acts chapter 18, Acts chapter 18, uh, from verse 17 to 18, where Philip, uh, where Simon the sorcerer confirmed that it was through the apostles' hand for one can speak in tongues or do other miracles. So the Bible uh, make it plain. It's not something that we should uh, argue about it. And uh, I want us to, you know, refresh our memory on that quotation. I'll read from Acts chapter 8, verse uh, 18 to 19. Uh, I read, it says, Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power, so that anyone whom I lay my hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. So this is gospel truth. When he saw that it was only the apostles' hands, that is what the Bible says, only the apostles' hands, that one can receive the Holy Spirit and start to perform miracles and speak in tongues and all do all these things. He, the uh, uh, Simon or Simon, brought the apostles money that you give me uh, your power, some of uh, the, the power that you have, that you are able to put your hands on people and give them this uh, Holy Spirit. And Peter says, no, you don't know what you are talking about. In the first place, you are not an apostle. So you don't qualify to even lay your hands on anybody to receive anything. And secondly, your heart is not right because you are a tricker and you also have this deceiving people. So you want to get by the gift of God with money so that you can, you know, deceive people further. So he didn't get it that way. So uh, it's just that I want all my listeners to get this far well, up to now, I've been hammering this part that it's only through the apostles' hands. So if the apostles are not there today, then the question comes, those who say they perform miracles and speak in tongues, where did they receive this? Bible says only through the apostles, unless you don't believe the Bible. But if you believe the Bible, then you have to accept this fact. Okay. 
Another point we raise for the point number five is, Paul was added to the apostleship by Jesus Christ himself. So, therefore, Paul was able to impact the supernatural gift on people through laying on of his hand. Okay, the apostles were 12. Okay, when Paul was added to the apostleship, they were 13. But in Acts chapter 12, one of the apostles, James, was killed by King Herod. So, their number became 12 again. And we are saying that nobody can call himself apostle without seeing in Christ. We established that in part one. If you go back and read part uh, and listen to part one, you get it far. Paul met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. Even, you know, there were a lot of uh, contention about, you know, Paul's apostleship. But Paul defended himself here in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9 telling the Corinthian brethren that he, Paul, is an apostle because he saw Jesus Christ. And it's true that Jesus spoke to Paul. So he qualified to be an apostle. And if Paul qualified to be an apostle, then Paul have power to raise his hand on people to give them that. So only 12 of the apostles, or 12 apostles, could lay their hands on people to give that power to them. So, by the end of this lesson, you ask yourself several questions. Then what about those who call themselves, uh, uh, you know, uh, who say that they can perform miracles and speak in tongues? We will, you know, try to uh, answer that using the Bible. Now, let me give you some examples of what Paul, because he's an apostle, he did by laying his hands on people. In Acts chapter 19, if you read Acts chapter 19 from verse 1 to 6, you get the story. But because of time, I want us to read the verse 6. Here, Paul has been in uh, Ephesus and there he met some believers. And he asked them, have you received the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit? And then they said that, well, we have not even heard anything about the Holy Spirit. And he said, and whose name? Were you baptized? So we had John the, Bapt uh, 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 John the Baptist baptism. And he said, well, John baptized people into repentance. But now we baptize into Christ's death. The people allow themselves to be buried or to be baptized by Paul. But they couldn't perform any miracle or speak in tongues. Okay? Until, read here, Acts chapter 19 verse 6, until... This one, this happened. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began to speak in tongues and prophesying. Acts 19 verse 6. So Paul laid his hands on them because Paul is an apostle. To confirm what we've been saying all the time that it's only the apostle that laid their hands on people for them to speak in tongues and do all these things. Okay, again, we read from um, uh, um, Ephesians, uh, we read from first, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2. Here, Paul and Timothy. We know that Paul took Timothy when Timothy was a young man and was following Paul all the time. But Timothy could not perform miracles and do any wonders without the hands of Paul. And Paul confirmed it that he gave it to Timothy. 
If you read 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, it says, For this reason I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Through the laying on of my hands that you receive the gift of God. He was talking about these miraculous gifts that God the Holy Spirit gave. He laid his hands on them. And again, if you read, if, 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 if you read Romans chapter 1, verse 11, Paul told uh, the Christians at Rome, said, uh, I'm eager to see you so that I can come and impact the spiritual gifts on you. So here, there's no doubt that it's only through the apostles' hands that one could do, perform miracle, and do all these things. So brothers and sisters, let us not be confused and thinking that you can sit in a corner anywhere in the world and start to perform miracle or speak in tongues. Or the, People don't know that tongue speaking is miracle. It's miracle because it's somebody's language that you don't know. Now, if I uh, start to speak Chinese language today, it wouldn't be any wonder because today we learn languages. But those days, there was no uh, uh, institution or school to teach languages. And these people were given this special gift so that wherever they went, they were able to speak the language of those people. You understand? Paul was an apostle to the Gentile world. And he went to so many Gentile uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, countries preaching the gospel. And look, even if you come to my country, Ghana, we have different languages. So if Paul had been into this place, and he does say, Paul reads only, uh, he speaks only Hebrew mm -hmm. language. So how is he going to communicate mm -hmm. with these people? So that is the reason why, that is the reason why God gave the apostles, this power to speak in tongues, to speak in languages. People are confused that when they say tongues, and they say that it's different uh, uh, from the language you speak. Tongues is the same. It's like you say that this is my mother tongue. It means this is my mother language. This is the language that I was born in. So tongue is a language, a spoken language. That is why... I say it's, it's important for you to understand this in this way. Brothers and sisters, having established this fact, I want to again to say that before one can become an apostle, that one too we have discussed it, he has to be a person who has seen God and has been chosen by Jesus Christ himself. This is two important things. If you have not seen Jesus Christ, and you were not selected. This is not something uh, uh, that Jesus uh, would do it, um, uh, will not do it in an open. What I mean is, Jesus have to mention you and call you and say, I have chosen you. Okay? We read John chapter 6, verse 17. Jesus said, I... Uh, Am I not the one who chose you, the twelve? He chose the twelve. Okay? And then, 
he also tells uh, 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 Ananias here that I have chosen Paul. Okay, so the word chosen by Jesus Christ is very, very important. To be an apostle, you have to see Jesus Christ. That's what Peter said in Acts chapter 1. Somebody to replace um, Judas Iscariot when he died, he must be a person who has seen Jesus before and who has actually worked with the apostles. So if you have not seen Jesus and you have not chosen by Jesus, you cannot be an apostle. And as I said last week, there are a lot of questions maybe going through your head. But you know, Reverend Apostle, you name it. I don't want to mention anybody's name, but you know, they call themselves Apostle, Apostle, Apostle. Today, we don't have any Apostle because none of us today have seen Jesus Christ. Physically. And none of us today has Jesus, you know, chosen physically. What we are talking about about is the physical chosen and the physical seeing of Jesus Christ. None of us exist today have ever to, uh, uh, seen that. So we don't have any apostle today. And for that matter, if somebody is speaking in tongues, I don't know where you got it from because apostle has to lay his hands on you. So um, that has been established. Now, sometimes it becomes painful and difficult to accept biblical truth if one's belief and practices contrary to what the Bible teaches. Now, you see, probably you are not comfortable hearing what I'm talking about because that is what you are practicing. You think you can speak in tongues. But I'm saying that before you can speak in tongues, you have to get the apostles' hands on you. So where did you get it from? I, I can see that you are, you are feeling uneasy. You are not comfortable. Yeah, that is how it is. Sometimes we don't know. We have to confront all these challenges so that we come to our senses and say, wait a minute, what is the Bible saying here? Have I got it wrong? Then you have to go back to the scriptures and, 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 and learn it. You understand? Now, in situations like this, some people become very, very irritated and they will not even listen to, uh, listen to you. And then they become angry and go their way. They will not listen. Some will even argue to the point of even fighting. Jesus had similar encounters where people uh, trying to, you know, argue with him and um, even trying to stone uh, him because he, t he tells them the truth. The same thing Paul also had similar challenges because he told the Israelites uh, or the Jews, his own brothers, the truth. But because their practices contrary to what Paul said to them, they try several times to kill Paul. And that is happening today. Brothers and sisters, your aim is to go to heaven. And if you want to go to heaven, there are certain things in the Bible that you have to know and follow it. Despite that, you have been practicing what you believe for a long time. And now, what I'm using the Bible to tell you now, you can see that you have a conflicting issue in your heart going on in your head just now. Because that is not what you do. And this is a biblical fact. I'm not adding anything to it. It is in the Bible that you hold. Open your own Bible. Check these quotations I'm giving to you. If it is false. If it is false, then you will know. 
Now, I would rather point to you this hard truth, which pricks your heart, okay, and save your soul from all this falsehood today, than package sweets quoted, you know, fairy tales for you, so that you become happy and say, oh, preach on, oh, Jesus, all these things. But this one will not save you. This one will not save you. Remember what the Bible says, okay? Uh, if you read Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, Solomon says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but it ends leads to death or destruction. Solomon, uh, Proverbs 14, verse 12. So, you may be doing some things that you think that is right, but when your attention is brought to something, please don't get annoyed. Don't get annoyed. Sometimes somebody has to point a way to you, but if you become pompous and if you become uh, irritated and then you go without checking the fat, you lose your way. And at the end, Jesus Christ will point to you. You remember that brother Paul said this to you, but you became angry and went away without listening. That day will be too late. That day will be too late. So I know it's not comfortable when you are hearing things like that. But what I want you to do is to behave like the, uh, the Jews in Berea, who Paul said they received the message Though the message was not something they liked, because all the teachings and the preachings of Paul were contradicting the Jews' practices. So they were annoyed with Paul, and some even tried to stone him. But the Jews in Berea, Paul said they were noble. Why? Because they received the message and then go back to search the scriptures to find out what they received was right. And that is what I want you, my listen. I love you so much. And I want you to know this truth. I want you to sit down, debrief yourself. Don't get angry. Go into all the scriptures that we have given to you to verify it yourself. Look, that day you are going to stand before Christ alone. Your minister will not be there. Your preacher will not be there. Whoever you think you are following will not be there. It will be you alone. And that day, Jesus will say, I said to you, not all those who call me Lord, Lord, will receive the kingdom, but those who obey what the Bible teaches. They are the people Jesus Christ is going to save. Now, I just want to make another point clear to you also. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying God mighty works and wonders have ceased. Sometimes when you are saying that we don't have any miracles going on today, people say, oh, so you are trying to say that God cannot perform miracles. You are trying to say that uh, the Holy Spirit does not exist. Oh, you people, you don't believe in the Holy Spirit. That is why you are saying that. Brothers and sisters, speaking in tongues is not the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is God. We've already established that. He's God as the God the Son, as the God the Father. And the thing that the Holy Spirit does is very, very active in my life. But 
But the Holy Spirit to be active in your life doesn't mean you should perform miracles and wonders. If you don't do that, then the Holy Spirit is not within you. That is not true. That is not true. If you read Luke chapter 1, verse 15, the Bible says that uh, John the Baptist, I want to read for you, John the Baptist, he says, for he will be great before the Lord and uh, he must not drink any wine or strong wine and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. Let me ask you one question. What miracle did John the Baptist perform? Did John the Baptist speak in tongues? No, nothing. All John did was to preach the gospel and baptize people. But the Bible says he was filled with the Spirit from his mother's womb. So, speaking in tongues and all these miracles is not to say that because the Holy Spirit is in them. That is why they are doing that. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit, but you will not do all these things. You'll be guided by him in, uh, in all the things that you do in your life. I just want to point this to you because that is what the Pentecostals and the Charismatics are teaching that you have to show a sign of the Holy Spirit in you. So you have to be able to speak in tongues. If you don't speak in tongues, it means you don't believe in the Holy Spirit. If you don't do wonders or that is not true. That is not what the Bible teaches. Because I've given the example that John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit, but he did not speak in tongues. He did not perform any miracle. He only preached the gospel and baptized people. He preached about the kingdom that Jesus Christ was going to set it up and baptize people. You understand? That's all he did. So please don't misquote me to say that I don't believe in the Holy Spirit. No, Holy Spirit is everlasting God. You understand? What I don't believe in, let me tell you, is what the people are saying they can do today by speaking in tongues. Moreover, they are speaking gibberish and not language. Whereas in the Bible, speaking in tongues was a spoken language. That is the difference. That is why I don't believe what is going on now. Plus, an apostle has to lay his hands on you before you can speak in tongues. And if you use about six or seven quotations to establish this, why do you want me to believe what you are doing today? It's because of ignorance or you don't understand the Bible. That is why you are doing that. You have the mind that mindset that, well, if you are a Christian, the spirit is in you. You have to do something. And that is why you are behaving the way you are behaving. But that is not what the Bible teaches. That is all what the Bible teaches. So, brothers, I want you to get this fact clear. The Holy Spirit is God and He is active. What we are saying is, the miracles, speaking in tongues, and all these kind of supernatural things that the early Christians did and performed and spoke is what is not working today. But that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit does not exist. Or the Holy Spirit is not active. And we are, I've already told you why I don't believe it. Because you have to have the apostles coming in. We don't have the apostles today. And nobody 
can say I'm an apostle. We don't have apostles today. Simply because you need to see Jesus physically to be an apostle. So if you have all these apostles, I don't know where they got ideas from. Now, some facts to establish about this speaking in tongues, about this speaking in tongues. That is what we are trying to uh, 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 establish just now. Now, tongue spoken was to cease when the perfect comes. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8 to 12, I want all of us, especially those who say they can speak in tongues and do miracles, to take this message into their heart. You have your Bible. I want you to open your Bible. If you don't have it, maybe after listening to this tape, you can open your Bible and see if what I'm telling you is the right information or wrong. Then you can judge it yourself. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8 to 12, let's hear what the apostle said. It says, love never ends. As for prophecies, listen very carefully. As for prophecies, they will pass away. There were some people in the early church who had the gift of prophecy. And when you say the prophecy or the uh, uh, prophet, we are not referring to prophets like Daniel, Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah, and the rest. These were special gifts given to individuals in the church, in the beginning of the church, so that they can get some revelations and teach about God to the members and preach about God to the members. Why? Because there was no Bible, which is Christian constitution. Now, I look through the Bible and tell you all these mysteries. That time, there were no Bible. So, people were given these special gifts so that they can reveal God's message to them. And they were called the prophets in the church. It's not the prophets like we have today who only prophesy when there's going to be an election. They say, uh, God has revealed to me, MPP is going to win, NDC is going to win. Or, uh, this uh, man is going to die at the end of this year, somebody is going to die. That is not the prophecy we are talking about. These people are fake. They are not God's prophets. Probably they don't know how God selects his own prophets. Other than that, you will not sit in Ghana or you will not sit elsewhere and call yourself a prophet of God. And you see, all these Ghanaians are also believe them. I'm sorry. The spectacles I'm using, what is the biblical spectacle? God is showing me the right thing. I know all these people are faking. They are not from God. Don't believe them because they are not from God. Now, he is saying that all these prophecies will pass away. I'm still reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8 to 12. You have your Bible. You can follow me with that. And he says, uh, as for tongues, the tongues is what we are discussing now. He said, as for tongues, they will cease. And the question is, when? That's the next question. Whether you know when or not when, 
if you don't have apostles hand on you you cannot speak in tongues so don't ask me but they said they will cease it's not ceased yet i'll show you when it ceased even though it's not our time to receive this because we don't have the apostles in our time to give us this it says it's going to cease and then he says again as for knowledge it will pass away this knowledge we are talking about is this special gift the special knowledge that you don't need to study anything you stand before the congregation and this knowledge comes you start to preach there's no bible nothing that you look into he says this is going to be done away too for we know in part and we prophesy in part but when the perfect comes and this is a conditional clause when the perfect comes all the partial will be done away. When the perfect comes, speaking in tongues will go. When the perfect comes, prophecy will go. When the perfect comes, loaded will go. When the perfect comes, all the partial things the church were doing from the infancy of the church, they will go away. Let me make this clear to you. And before I say that, let's read what Paul says. Let's continue. He said, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, and I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I've given up this child's ways. Now, wait a minute, Paul. You are talking about this special gift. But how are you bringing child, child, child here? Now, the apostle wants to teach them something. Why is apostles comparing this to a child? When you're, you are a child or you have your child, you give a certain things to the child. But when the child becomes old like me, having all beard, you don't still give the child feeding bottles and all these things that when uh, you don't give this man feeding bottle like when he was a child. So Paul is saying that these special gifts that is given to you it's just to prepare you to mature. When you get to mature state, all these things will be done away. You will not need it. This is simple. Paul is using child growth to tell you that this thing that uh, uh, was there in the church was not permanent but temporal. If you put a, a baby on a feeding bottle, it's a temporal thing. It's not going to be on feeding bottle for forever. When the child gets to even one year, maybe you will start to wean him off from the feeding bottle and start to eat solid food. The same thing, all these kind of miraculous gifts were the things that the church needed when the church started in Jerusalem on the Pentecost day in AD 33. But as the church is growing, gradually this is, you know, the, uh, the church was weaning off from this. And this is actually what Paul, the apostle, is saying. And he said, when the perfect comes, all these will be done away. And the question is, when the perfect comes, who is the perfect? Okay, let's continue. Uh, we will establish who the perfect is or what the perfect is. For now, we see in the mirror dimly. But in them, in that, in that perfect, we're going to see things face to face. Now, I know in part, then I shall know, in that I shall know fully, 
even said I have uh, even as I have been fully known. Now what is Paul talking about? We are waiting for something called the perfect. When the perfect comes, all these things will be done away. Do you understand? And he said that uh, that which is perfect when it comes. Now, is he talking about human beings? Is he talking about Jesus? Is he talking because many people say that, oh, he's talking about the second coming of Christ. If you read further, it tells you that when the perfect comes, three things remain. And the three things that remain is love, hope, and faith. Now, let me ask you, when Jesus, if you are saying that this perfect is is referring to Jesus Christ, and when Jesus Christ comes, these three things remain in love, faith, and hope. When Jesus comes, what do you need hope for? Now we have hope that Jesus Christ is coming. So when Jesus Christ comes, there is no hope. We don't have any to cleave on our hope again because who we are waiting for has come. You understand? And then he said faith. We have strong faith that our Lord is going to come. Now, when Jesus comes, this is not going to work anymore because Jesus has come. But then the perfect, when it comes, these three things are going to remain. So it can be Jesus Christ. Moreover, it uses that which is. He didn't say who is. If he say who is perfect comes, then you know that he's talking about who as human or as God. But say which is perfect when it comes. There you can see face to face. If you read the Bible well, you can see that what he's talking about. In those days, because there was no Bible, they were seen in parts. So when Paul writes a letter to the Corinthian people, it's not the same letter to the Ephesian brethren. They have different things. And what Peter wrote his people, they only have Peters. And Ephesians also have what Paul wrote to them. James, what James wrote to his people, they only have, so they have it in parts, in parts. But he's saying that when the fullness or the perfect comes, we are going to see it is in full. It's not going to be in parts because you have all these letters and all these instructions that are, you know, in parts coming together to make a whole. And that will give you the complete Bible, the complete book, which we need. That time, this book was not there. The Bible was not there. So that is why he say you see in parts, okay? But when that which is perfect comes, you will see in the whole. Because all these letters, instructions from the Holy Spirit to the, uh, the other churches, they all come together to form the book. So those that went to the Corinthians will come to play Ephesians, uh, Galatians, uh, the one that Peter wrote, the one Mark wrote, the one they put all of them together to make a complete Bible. That is why scripture is saying that the Bible, uh, uh, if we read, if we read, um, I think James, Chapter 1, verse 25. I read quickly. It says, uh, But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being a hearer 
who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed. If you look to the perfect law of liberty, which is talking about the word of God, which is the perfect law, and you become a doer, God will bless you. So that perfect he was talking about, he was referring to the complete Bible. They didn't have complete Bible. We are lucky to have this complete Bible whereby we can read the book of Ephesians to know the instruction given to the Christians in Ephesus. We can read the book of Colossians to know the instruction given to the, uh, 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 the Colossae people. We can read the, the, the letter written by Peter. We can read the one written by John. We have, we, we, we have uh, what do you call it, um, we can see all these things, but at that time, they didn't have it, so they were looking in parts. Now, when the Bible comes, all these miraculous uh, things that they were using are going to go. They will not need them, because the Bible is God's revelation, and it is here. And according to Revelation chapter 21, uh, 22, it says nobody should add or subtract anything from it. It's a complete revelation of God. So why do I need somebody with a special gift to reveal God's uh, message to me today? I have the message before me now. That is why all these things they were doing were temporary. They were waiting until Jesus Christ, uh, until uh, the Bible became complete. That is one part. And the second point is, you need the apostles' hands before you can do all these miraculous gifts and all these things. Okay? Now the apostles are dead. There's no single apostle on earth. So which of the apostles are laying their hands on those who are saying that they can speak in tongues and do all these miracles? Which of the apostles? There's none. There's none at all. Now, let me tell you this. Let's establish some facts here too. Let's establish some facts. The way the speaking in tongues was done. Now, apart from being the least of the gifts that is speaking in tongues, it was not a sign for believers. This is what some people get it wrong. Some people get it wrong. You know that the, the speaking in tongues was not a sign for Christians, for believers. I want to say believers are Christians. So, it's not that when we come to the church, okay, we come to the church and people start to, you know, speak in tongues. Paul said that is not what you should do. That is wrong. Because the speaking in tongues, which was a spoken language, was a sign for the unbelievers. Now read 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 28, verse 27 to 28. He says, uh, if anyone speak in tongues, okay, oh, that is, that is, um, sorry. Uh, let's read verse 22, verse 22, okay. 1 Corinthians, um, Chapter 14, verse 22. That is what I wanted to read first. And that is where he said that the speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Now, let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 27 to 28. See how 
uh, uh, early Christians, they spoke in tongues. It says, if any speak in tongues, let there be only two, at least three, and each intends, and let one someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silence in the church and speak to himself and to God. Do you understand what he's saying? For instance, I can speak Cantosi, uh, uh, that is uh, what do you call it, um, Chinese language. If I have a power to speak that and the church come to meet and they are all Ghanaians and I start, because I have power, I start to speak Chinese. Paul said that would not benefit the church because there's nobody uh, uh, from China in that congregation that will benefit from what you are saying. So in that case, you should keep quiet. You don't need it. But these Corinthians brethren were misusing this you know, special gift given to them. The fact that he has power to speak in tongues, then when the church meets, whether uh, somebody is there to understand the language or not, they start to speak. And Paul says, that is wrong. If you are speaking and there's nobody that can interpret the language for anybody to understand, you keep quiet. Don't say it. It doesn't mean the speaking in tongues was gibberish. No, it was language. Language. If, for instance, as I, I speak a, a Pakistani language, now, the fact that you don't understand the Pakistani language doesn't mean it, it's not a language because you don't know. That is what Paul made them clear, that somebody speaking or he prays and uses a language because you do not know, it will not benefit you, but he himself speaking understand what he's trying to say. And God who made all languages also understand him. But it will not benefit the church if there is no one to interpret for somebody to understand. It will not benefit. Now, all these things I'm saying is not today. This is past and gone. That is what they were doing. But today, we don't have anybody speaking in tongues. Today, there's no apostle and no one can speak in tongues. What I mean is, what are you saying? We have these big men of God standing in the television and they're speaking in tongues and we are saying that there's no one. Yes, they may be big in your sight. But remember, the wisdom of this world is not what we use to study the Bible. The apostles that Jesus selected, there was no one with PhD. There was no one with masters. There was no one with theology. They were fisher folks, but God chose them. And they spoke his word. For the Sahendrin to be marveled, saying that, where did these people get this knowledge from? And then they remembered that they walk with Jesus Christ. As chapter 4, I'm telling you. So the understanding of the Bible is not given to the big men, as you might think. Because if you have to be big, you have to get to PhD before you can understand the Bible, then the poor people and those in society who are the low class will never even get to heaven because they cannot read the Bible to understand. 
but a poor man like me. I can tell you this mystery from the Bible. You understand? So those who are saying they speak in tongues, I am using the Bible to tell you, I'm giving you all the quotations that that is not the way the Bible said they speak in tongues. So what they are doing, they are either faking or they are using probably occultic spirit to do all these wonders they say they claim to do. I was watching a video that went viral. One of the man called himself prophet in Ghana or whatever. And somebody came with this massive tumor on the neck. You said you can do wonders, heal miracles, or do miracles. And this man came to him. Do you know what happened? I thought he was going to say, in Jesus' name, this one should go. He couldn't do it. Oh, he said, I'll give you 5000 to go to Kualibu Hospital to remove this tumor. Why do you allow yourself to be deceived by these people? They don't have it. There's no prophet. There's no, uh, 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 what do you call it? No one who speaks uh, languages today. If somebody is speaking languages, it might be learned from either school or something like that. Now, does this not entrained in your ears when somebody comes from america and say i speak in tongues i have power to do miracles i remember i watched somebody he came from america to ghana and he went to stadium and all you know Ghanaians troop into stadium i'm doing wonders and then he started speaking in tongues but the question is after all these he have to speak english for somebody to translate it to the Ghanaian people why they deceive? Why they deceive? Peter and the rest of the apostles did not need anybody to interpret anything. They speak direct and the people get it. In Acts chapter 2, they spoke their languages. So I was expecting these people who claim to speak in tongues to speak language. Not a single one. There's no one in the world that can say that what they are speaking is my language. But Paul said, any language has meaning. That is what he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So brothers and sisters, I know sometimes when you hear things like this, it's not what you want to hear. But I can't sugarcoat things and present to you and make you happy than to tell you the hard truth that can prick your heart. But I want you to behave like the Jews in Acts chapter 2 who asked men and brethren, what shall we do? Ask that question and we can, you know, help you. Now, even those people who spoke in tongues, the Bible says that they should do it one after the other. The two or three to speak, but they should do it one after the other. Now, is that what you see today? No. The sad thing is those who claim to do that will be mountain speakers, loudspeakers in the middle of the night, shouting and saying that they are speaking in tongues. And if you question them, they will say that because you are witchcraft, because I am praying in tongues and the fire is burning you, that is why I'm behaving like that. They are all lying. Sometimes, let me tell you this, sometimes, 
I've told you that uh, this one is is temporal because uh, they needed all these kind of miraculous gifts at the beginning of the church to help build the church. If you read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13, Paul made it clear that you uh, uh, the Holy Spirit has put things in place until the church becomes mature. You understand? That is the one point. And also, the apostles... When the last apostle died, no one was to transfer any power. Only people who got the, the, the Holy Spirit gift as the apostles were colonials and his household. But they couldn't lay their hands on anyone because colonials and his household, they were not apostles. It's only the apostles that laid their hands. So colonials and his household, when their generation died, no one ever spoke in tongues or did miracles. And the apostle, when the last apostle died, no one ever spoke in tongues or performed miracles. At that time, the Bible was complete. So we don't, we, we, we don't need this. They didn't need this one because the Bible, which has all the revelation of God, is in. So we don't need anyone to have special gift to reveal God's you know, words to us. We have already uh, have it. You understand? We have already have it. Now the Bible is a whole. If you read, I want to read a passage to you so that you understand me. Colossians chapter 4 verse 16. Listen to this. And when this letter is Paul writing to the Colossians, I told you that these people were seeing things in parts because the Bible was not complete. Listen, to confirm that. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church. Have it also read in the church of Laodicea. And see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. Why? Writing to the Colossians. When you finish reading this letter, send to the church in Laodicea. And collect instruction from Laodicea and also do. That time there was no Bible. So the instructions were parts. You have to go here and collect them. Now we have the Bible. We have the Bible as a whole. All the revelation of our Lord is in this Bible. So why do we need speaking in tongues? All these languages, they have the Bible in those languages. Why do I need? It's because people don't understand. And lack of my knowledge, my people perish. That's what Hosea said. Lack of knowledge, my people perish. So, brothers and sisters, I'm coming to the end of my lesson. The question is, the question is, now, why do some people say that they can? One, they misunderstand what the Bible says. And they think that if you say the Holy Spirit is in you, you have to do something to convince people that the Holy Spirit is in you. That's why they force themselves. So they are just faking. It's not something that the, the Spirit have any influence on them. Remember. It's only through the apostle's hand one can do that. Do you understand? Only through the apostle's hand. And sometimes people say, look, this is true because whenever I'm praying, this speaking in tongues will come. Look, when you do things in a certain way for so many times, the brain adjusts to that. If you want to wake up 4 o'clock in every morning using your clock, you do that for about three weeks. Then put the clock off. Every four o'clock in the morning, your eyes will open because you train your brain. 
if you mimic somebody who is a stammer, you mimic the person. I, when I was a child, I tried to do that. And it came to time that I was stammering. And it's only God that helped me to overcome it. When you do things for a certain time, for a longer time, the brain adjusts to that. So if you chill your brain that I'm going to pray, I'll speak in tongues and start doing that for some time, you see that you have influence from your brain on you. It is your brain that is dictating to you and it's not no, any spirit that is controlling you. What I know is, without the hands of the apostles, you cannot speak in tongues, you cannot perform any miracle. I know this is hard for you to, uh, 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 you know, listen or hard for you to accept. But honestly, I have no other truth to present to you than what I have said. If I have to say it in a way that will soften uh, this message for you, I will do it. But the truth is truth. I have to say it as the Bible has said it. It is up to you. It's up to you to ensure that. You accept this fact. Now listen, Timothy was not well having stomach problem. Why is it that Paul did not go and say, in the name of Jesus, all your stomach aches should go away? But Paul said, Timothy, you have to take some medicine. Do you know, if you read 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 23, it said, because of your stomach ache, trying to drink little wine that little wine was a medicine and again if you read james chapter 5 verse 13 it says if anybody is not well you should call the elders and pray for the person and anoint him with oil that anoint with oil is a medicine today god has given us people with knowledge they have studied medicine so when i'm not well I go to hospital, Jesus Christ or God use them to heal me. There's nothing magical. There is nothing, uh, uh, what do you call it, supernatural about this. It's God who made people, who made the brains, and he used these people to heal us today. There's nothing wrong about that. But if you think that, these kind of healings are still there. That is why you are being deceived and you continue to be deceived. Open your eyes. These people are fooling us. Say no more. If you want to hear more about this, please visit the Church of Christ in your community. You'll hear more about what you are hearing today. Now, this have made some in three language. So if you go to Benyas, uh, 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 Facebook profile, you can get that. If you go to my Facebook page, Paul Offing, just type Paul Offing, the Facebook or Maxwell page, you'll hear this in, in the tree language too. Please forward this lesson to anyone you want him to save, to be saved. Your friends, you have a lot of friends I know, forward to them. And God will bless you. God bless you for hearing this in Jesus' name. Amen.